Today, Rinpoche went over the three highest higher trainings with an emphasis on the highest higher training in ethics. So once again, we're looking at uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, specifically the um, section training the mind, the stage of the path shared in common with beings of medium capacity. When we look at the outline in the text, we'll find four categories uh, under that ma major heading. Uh, first, the mental training. Uh, sec second is the measure of the determination to be free or the measure of one's renunciation. Uh, third is dispelling misconceptions. And then fourth, ascertaining the nature of the path leading to liberation. Uh, so we've gone through uh, the first three of those categories and we're now currently dealing with the section on ascertaining the nature of the path leading to liberation. And when we look at that section, uh, we'll find that there are two um, bases, um, I mean two um, sections that we um, find um, in the outline uh, Lama Tsongkhapa presents. First, uh, we have the basis um, or the kind of life uh, which you halt cyclic existence, so the kind of basis needed uh, to halt cyclic existence. And then uh, the second category is the kind of path uh, you need in order to cultivate, uh, to cultivate in order to halt cyclic existence. Um, so after we finish the section on the kind of life needed in order uh, uh, to halt uh, um, cyclic existence, then you get to the section on the kind of path you need uh, to cultivate, to halt cyclic existence or to achieve the state of liberation. And that, there are three categories that are explained in that section. First, the certainty of the enumeration of the three highest higher trainings. Second category is the determination of the order of the trainings. And then the third category is the nature of the three trainings. So. Uh, this is again the fourth heading in the section on the medium scope um, and uh, ascertaining the nature of the path leading to liberation and specifically the section on the kind of path needed to cultivate um, to halt cyclic existence. So Rimche ended there. So that's on page 339. I don't know where we're going to go, but that's where we ended. <laughs> ニジャトジュレゴマルベ。インチカジレド。ニチャ。シュジンアラトドデバトワデマ。アネ。シュジンアラトドデバトデマドデマ。ハバスモジェラジンサビシュバレス。サビシュバレス。ニラトドデバト
ชุดเนี่ยชื่อเราชื่อเราจะรับว่าว่าชีวิตนับไปเสียแต่เดิมไปเสียแต่ยิ่งมันจะชุดตัวไปชื่อเราที่ชื่อเราจะรับว่าเ
Um, so when we say highest higher training in ethics, highest higher training in concentration, highest higher training in wisdom, then that is meaning that that those specifically are not in common with the non-Buddhist tradition. But trainings in ethics, wisdom, uh, concentration, and wisdom are in common with Buddhist and non-Buddhist traditions. Dixon. So the three highest the three highest higher trainings or Rimshi's just saying three higher trainings and it's as a note it's implied because we're speaking of it in terms of the context of Buddhism it's the higher highest higher so just making a note of that um, we find uh, these indispensable in all um, forms of Buddhism whether it's the if it's the hearer's vehicle uh, we find the uh, three higher trainings necessary the solitary realizer vehicle three higher trainings necessary. The great vehicle, the three highest trainings are necessary. And then um, when we look at the great vehicle tantric teachings and the four classes of tantra, uh, whether it's the action tantra, performance tantra, yogic tantra, or highest yogic tantra, um, all classes of tantra um, require the three highest higher trainings. If the three highest higher trainings aren't present, then there isn't an actual, uh, tantra doesn't take place. There is no tantra. There is no action tantra. There's no performance tantra. There is no uh, yogic or uh, highest yogic tantra um, if there are not these three highest higher trainings. So we find them indispensable in all forms of Buddhism. This <coughs> way. What だって um, so here it says, um, so we go to page 342. Um, uh, it says, if I were explaining here the path of persons of medium capacity alone, I would have to give a lengthy explanation of the three um, trainings. However, uh, since this is not the case, I will explain the trainings in wisdom, insight, and in mind, meditative serenity, in the section on persons of great capacity, and will not elaborate at this point. Thus, I will briefly discuss the training in uh, ethical discipline. Um, so here it's stating, if uh, Lama Tsongkhapa is saying, if uh, this text was just a specific text on the medium capacity or the um, stages of the path for beings of medium capacity and there wasn't anything else 
in, in the latter section, um, and there wasn't any great capacity or great vehicle teachings, then it would require a very lengthy explanation of the three higher trainings. Um, but because there is this latter section uh, dealing with the great vehicle, Lama Tsongkhapa is going to deal with the, those trainings in that section in detail. So the detail that would be normally given to it if it was just a text on the medium scope will be given in the great scope section. Dig soon. Ne ne Lanchabo Debi Chutanji 
So Rinpoche just reread part of this section. Um, so, uh, however, since this is not the case, I will explain the, uh, the trainings in wisdom and in mind in the section on the persons of great capacity and will not elaborate at this point. Thus, I will briefly discuss the training and ethical discipline here. So, again, stating that in the great capacity section of this text, three higher trainings will be explained in detail, and that's why he isn't um, doing that at this point. But there's going to be a, a small, um, abbreviated explanation um, of the higher training in ethical discipline. Um, so, um, in the beginning, um, uh, thus I will briefly discuss the training in ethical discipline here. In the beginning, reflect repeatedly on the benefits of ethical discipline and develop enthusiasm for it from the depths of your heart as the great. Uh, final Nirvana Sutra states, Ethical discipline is the ladder to all virtues. It is their foundation, just as the earth is the foundation for plants and the like, just as a master trader goes first among all traders, so ethical discipline goes first among all virtues. Like the hoisted banner of Indra, uh, ethical discipline is the banner of all the teachings. It cuts down all sins and eliminates the past to the miserable realm. Since it cures all the illnesses of the sins, it is like a medicinal plant. Ethical discipline is the stock of provisions for the terrible road of cyclic existence. It is the weapon that destroys the afflictions, the enemies. It is the spell destroying the poisonous snakes of the afflictions. It is the bridge to cross over the waters of sin. Uh, and then we're going to... Um, go um, over a few different quotes that just show the benefits um, of ethical discipline. And the first quote is from uh, Master Nagarjuna. Uh, it says, uh, ethical discipline, like the ground supporting the animate and inanimate worlds, is said to be the foundation of all uh, good qualities. Um, so if one is able to reflect over and over again on the benefits of ethical discipline, then what naturally follows um, that repeated familiarization is mind generation. Um, so mind generation, as another note, mind generation isn't just bodhicitta. Um, we can say mind generation in this, this case. We're generating uh, the mind of, of the training in ethics. Um, so that's an actual generation that takes place, and that takes place by repeated familiarization with the, be the benefits and so forth of the higher training in ethics. And then one will want to, as a result, engage in that pathway, in that practice. 
Um, uh, so that that's what uh, is meant there. So then uh, Rinpoche went back to the top uh, of the sutra and then said, went through each line briefly. Ethical discipline is the ladder to all virtues. So this is what, if the virtues uh, were uh, above, um, ethical discipline would be like the ladder one could climb to uh, those virtues with. It is their foundation, just as the earth is the foundation for plants and the like. So just as the earth uh, is the basis for everything that grows out of it, Likewise, um, uh, ethical discipline is the foundation for all other practices to grow out or to gener be generated from it. Just as a master trader goes first among all traders, so ethical discipline goes first among all virtues. Like the hoisted banner of Indra, ethical discipline is the banner of all the teachings. So this is like if there's a banner of uh, Indra, the god, that was flying. Um, the ethical discipline would be like um, almost the, the banner for all the teachings, almost the representation, because that flag is this banner is the representation of Indra. Uh, so the um, uh, ethical discipline would be like the banner of, of the, the teachings, the, the representation. I think it's a good way to translate it. It cuts down all sins and eliminates the paths uh, to the miserable realm, so it allows us to... Um, um, uh, it serves as an opponent to our misdeeds um, and the pathways that lead to the lower realms since it cures all the illness of the sins it's like a med medicinal plant so it's compared to medicine um, if, if um, um, the sins or non-virtues are being compared here to a disease and then the ethical discipline compared to medicine. Ethical discipline is the stock of provisions for the terrible road of cyclic existence. If, so this is like stock of provisions if one goes on a trip. Um, one needs to have food and one needs to have drinks and so forth. Um, so it's like uh, what one would carry on a long journey uh, down a terrible road. Here, ethical discipline we carry in the terrible road of cyclic existence. Uh, it is the weapon that destroys the afflictions, the enemies. Uh, so here, Rinpoche just went over the word here is referring to weapon. Um, and it, it means the, the, the weapon that you use to, oh, to destroy the enemy, the afflictions the, uh, that are our enemies, the enemies. It is the spell destroying the poisonous snakes of the afflictions. It is the bridge to cross over the waters of sin. Dixon. Dismal. <laughs> Sapons 
Okay. Um, so we begin with the quote um, from Nagarjuna. Um, and this is from the le- Nagarjuna's letter to a friend. Uh, it says, The protector Nagarjuna as well says, Ethical discipline is like the ground supporting animate and inanimate worlds. It is the foundation of all good qualities. Um, so, uh, so ethical discipline, when we look at, um, so first of all, uh, when we look at the quote here from Nagarjuna, it's like the ground supporting animate and inanimate worlds. I asked Rinpoche in the Tibetan what those words meant. Um, um, because in a formless realm, there's not a found Anyway, so I asked him what that meant. Um, and he said that it actually, the Tibetan means going and not going somewhere. So if you're going somewhere, you need a ground in order to do that. If you're not going anywhere, you need a ground in order to not go anywhere. Um, so that's what the Jew and Miju in the Tibetan means. It means if you're going somewhere or you're not, or you're staying, um, or not go, if you're going or not going, uh, um, you need this ground uh, in order to do that. You need a basis. You need something under you in order to do that. Likewise, ethical discipline serves as that basis that's needed in either case, if you're going or, or not going somewhere. Um, uh, and it says it is the foundation of all good qualities. So um, it's the basis that Every, all excellence um, um, sp- uh, comes from, that all of excellence, um, or all good qualities, it's also translated as excellence. Um, and the Tantra requested by Sabahu uh, says, and Rinpoche said that this is a, in the um, uh, Tantric sections um, of, the, the te- of the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, 
And it says, just as every harvest grows without a fault in dependence on the earth, so too do the highest virtues depend on ethical discipline and grow by being moistened with the water of compassion. Um, so if someone is uh, working in a field, uh, a worker uh, in a field, um, uh, and, and plants uh, seeds, uh, he or she plants them in the earth. Um, if there is an earth there, um, it's not possible for seeds to grow. It's not possible for a rice crop um, to happen. Uh, so the, the need the, the worker, um, the farmer, <coughs> to plant the seeds, um, and there, ha- there has to be the seed, and then there has to be earth uh, in order for it to grow. It says, so, two, the highest virtues depend on ethical discipline and grow by being moistened with the water of compassion. Um, so here it's saying that, uh, once again, uh, that the ethical discipline is the basis for all the highest virtues that exist. Um, and, and then it's, it says that uh, in when we grow rice, we also need water. So it's, it says, and grow by being moistened with the water of compassion. So again, uh, that compassion is, is necessary to increase the ethics, it's saying. Now, again, this is a tantric text. Um, so it's specifically teaching to those who are at a tantric level already. So just as an aside, that's why it's, it's saying, it's mentioning compassion in here, um, because obviously you wouldn't have to, uh, this, this great compassion wouldn't be necessary to cultivate ethical discipline in a lower vehicle. So just as a note, that's why we're being specific here about compassion and why it's even mentioned. Well, <laughs> ね、グロラ、グロラ<音><音><音><音><音> ラレチュディ Okay. So now it uh, begins to get into more of the benefits of ethical discipline. You should reflect on the benefits of keeping ethical discipline in accordance with the above cited passages. There are very grave consequences for you if you undertake an ethical discipline and then fail to keep it. 
the Sutra of Beloved Monks um, says that once you undertake a training, it will proceed in either an advantageous or disadvantageous direction. Um, so this text is in the Vinaya, um, specifically in the Sutra um, for the fully ordained monks. Um, so it's in the section on the fully ordained monks' vow, um, and we find this quote. Um, ethical discipline of some leads to pleasure. The ethical discipline of others leads to pain. Those who possess ethical discipline are happy, whereas those who break ethical discipline suffer. Um, so if you keep ethical discipline, then the result of, of ethics, the result of virtue is happiness. But uh, if you fail to follow uh, the ethical discipline um, that you are supposed to, um, if you... Um, yeah, if you um, yeah, break break any of the disciplines that you are supposed to hold, um, then the result of that non-virtuous activity will be suffering. Um, so those who possess ethical discipline are happy, where those who break ethical discipline suffer. So what this means is the result of ethical discipline is happiness. So it's saying that that ethical discipline that one is engaging in results in happiness. And it's speaking of it as a result. It's not saying that, oh, you'll be happy if you're ethical. It's saying that those who have ethics, that behavior leads to happiness. Those who have non-virtuous behavior, that behavior leads to suffering. Um, so it says those who possess ethical discipline are happy, where those who break ethical discipline um, suffer. And then, it's, therefore, you should also think about the drawbacks of not keeping uh, to ethical discipline and thereby generate great respect for the training. Okay. Um, so there's uh, also uh, the Sutra of the Beloved Nuns. Um, so there's the Sutra of the Beloved Monks and the Sutra of the Beloved Nuns. And they're for the fully ordained monk and the fully ordained nun. They're separate books. They're separate. で、ベチャニ、ベチャチ。ベチャニ。あ、2セパレットボックス、not so in this um, sentence below the uh, stanza, um, it says there, again, it says, therefore you should also think about the drawbacks of not keeping to ethical discipline and thereby generate great respect for the training. So by repeated familiarization um, of the um, aspects of ethical discipline, the drawbacks of not keeping it, and and the ver the excellent qualities of keeping it, then you develop a um, respect for that ethical discipline by repeated familiarization. Decent. Yes, Sajjee, 
um, then it's necessary for him or her, uh, for him, <laughs> to uh, know what those vows are, to listen to them, and then um, understand what the vows are, uh, so that he knows what vows are needed to be kept. So there are 253 of those uh, that a fully ordained monk um, has to follow. So he needs to know what those precepts are uh, in order to um, be able to follow them. Um, so not knowing what they are makes it not possible to follow it, and then this becomes a cause for breaking it if you don't know what the, the vow is. Um, and then, uh, so for, uh, there are over 300 vows that a fully ordained nun um, has to follow. And then in the case of layperson, uh, whether, whether it's male or female, uh, there are five vows um, that are, are needed to be kept. Um, so if you have any among these individual liberation vows, it's necessary to know what they are, have heard them, and understand them in order to keep them, in order to not break them. Uh, so this is the first category. Uh, so we'll take a short break. Snack. Oh yeah, top of ตาเมชิบะเมชิบะตวันจูกุเนบะทะเจตานิบะปามะบะตวันจูกุเนบะเนเรปามะบะเนบะเนสมันดูจิเมนอมะจิบิเตมบะตันเฉเฉตุกุ
So these four, um, just uh, real quickly, these four that we're speaking of, uh, causes of an infraction, are the first category of Jayan Sheba's um, outline. Um, so just to clarify that, those, this section where the four are explained, um, that is the first category of the eight in Jayan Sheba's section. Um, okay, so now we're on the second, which is uh, carelessness. Um, as a remedy for carelessness, train an attitude such as mindfulness, which is not forget, which ends to adopt, and which to cast aside. Vigilance, which immediately examines the three doors of the body, speech, and mind, and understands the right or wrong in which you are engaged. Shame, which shuns faults committed with respect to oneself or the teaching, and embarrassment, which shuns wrongdoing and thinks others will criticize me, and trepidation, which fears the future karmic fruition of wrongdoing. Um, uh, so, when we just go back to the top here, um, as a remedy for carelessness, um, one needs to think about what one uh, is doing um, all the time in terms of what one should be doing and what one shouldn't be doing. And then uh, that allows you to remember the behavior you should be engaging in and remember what you shouldn't be doing. So here it says, as a uh, train an attitude such as mindfulness, which does not forget which ends to adopt and which ta to cast aside. So um, if one is mindful um, and thinking about this, um, um, focusing, the focused, it could be focused also uh, on what to do and what not to do, um, then one will um, naturally uh, not forget it. And then as a result of not forgetting what one should do and what one shouldn't do, one will do what he or she should do and stop doing what shouldn't be done. Um, so that's what is meant here. And what specifically are we saying uh, one needs to be mindful of? And here it's saying one's actions of one's body, speech, and mind. So the activities that one engages in through body, speech, and mind. So it says, 
which ends to adopt and which to cast aside. Vigilance, which immediately examines the three doors of the body, speech, and mind, and understands the right or wrong in which you are engaged. Um, so, um, one is being mindful of uh, um, one's behavior, uh, examining it, uh, one, and then uh, because of this mindfulness, understands what's right and what's wrong. Um, and then know, you are able as a practitioner to know what you're doing um, and, and what, uh, if you are following the teachings, um, because you know what to adopt and what to cast aside. Uh, and it says, um, shame, which shuns faults committed with respect to oneself and the teaching. Embarrassment, which shuns wrongdoing and thinks others will criticize me. So here, uh, this is the difference between shame and embarrassment in the Buddhist context. And they're actually, they translate these interchangeably. Um, so I don't know how you know when you're reading English which one it is because they don't, they use it interchangeably a lot. Um, so, uh, so shame is specific to um, knowing what you're supposed to be doing, what to adopt, uh, and what uh, to cast aside. Um, uh, and, and because you know that, uh, you cast aside the faults um, um, because you have this sense of, of shame. You have this sense of awareness of oneself. Um, and that's it. Uh, so, and Rinpoche also mentioned uh, if one is ashamed, um, one is aware that he or she is not doing something right. So uh, in this case, if one would be ashamed, if one knew what to adopt and what to cast aside, and then didn't do that, one just adopted what one should be casting aside, then th this would be, uh, someone would feel this sense of shame. Um, so this is what shame means. And, the, and also, when one is acting um, uh, um, in a way that is uh, mutually exclusive uh, um, with the teaching. So um, here it's, it's saying it's not just faults uh, com committed to oneself, um, but also the teaching. But the way Rinpoche explained it was really um, um, uh, not engaging in uh, negativity, knowing that oneself, uh, knowing that uh, you shouldn't engage in, act in uh, negativity, that you shouldn't, you know for yourself that you shouldn't, because you've known what you should and shouldn't do, um, and uh, you don't act in a way that is mutually exclusive with the teachings, because you have this sense of shame, and not, not shamelessness, because you'd act mutually, you would act uh, um, in a way that was mutually exclusive with the teachings, if you didn't have shame. So, but because you have this shame, you work within what the teaching says to do. You don't do what is mutually exclusive with the teachings. I'm sorry if I mix that up words-wise, but basically it means that you yourself know what you should adopt and what you should um, cast aside. Um, you have a sense of shame, um, so you do cast it aside. And then with respect to the teaching, you act in accordance with it. So that's what it, in the Tibet it means. Uh, and then it, it says, um, embarrassment, which shuns wrongdoing and thinks others will criticize me. So embarrassment is when you think what others will think of you because of what you're doing. 
Um, so that's how embarrassment uh, differs from uh, shame. Shame is more personal, internal, um, and embar embarrassment is because of what you think others will think. Shame is what worried about what you think about yourself, and embarrassment is you worrying what you think others think about you. Um, so that's a simpler way to put it. Um, which shuns wrongdoing and thinks others will criticize me. And trepidation, which fears the future uh, karmic fruition of wrongdoing. So also a sense of fear, um, because of knowing that if one engages in non-virtuous activities, this will lead to suffering. This will lead to the lower realms of cyclic existence. Um, so one has a sense of shame because one knows what one needs to uh, adopt and cast aside. Uh, so one adopts the behaviors that are necessary and acts in accordance with the, the teachings and a sense of embarrassment allows you to engage in uh, these uh, virtuous activities because of not wanting others to shun you, worrying what others think of you, and a sense of fear because of knowing that these non-virtuous activities uh, will lead to um, suffering of the miserable realms and so forth. So this is uh, how one gets rid of carelessness. This is the opponent to carelessness. Um, so this is number, the second cause of breaking a vow. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Okay, and next is the uh, remedy for disrespect, uh, which is a cause of uh, afflictions. As a remedy for disrespect, have respect for the teacher, his roles, and your fellow practitioners. So here, this is saying to um, have uh, respect for the teacher. So the Dumba, the Shachatupa? Shachatupa, not Tijiba. Okay, Tuche. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, here, the teacher is referring to Shakyamuni Buddha, um, because that's why it's capitalized here, the teacher. Um, it's referring to Shakyamuni Buddha. His rules are referring to um, the vows that Buddha Shakyamuni set forth. Um, so the various behavioral standards that the Buddha stated. Um, so in the case of the layperson's vow, uh, the Buddha stated that there are five precepts. Um, so um, it's kind of like uh, the law uh, that Buddha made, um, the rule. And so these rules, Rinpoche said Ching, which is like a law, um, the law of the land, of, of the country, the law of the, the Buddha Dharma. Um, so these are the laws that Buddha set forth. Um, and then it says, and your fellow practitioners. Um, and this is re referring to Dharma friends. Um, so 
It's similar to this analogy we always make of the rope and the snake. Um, if you know uh, that a rope is a rope, this serves as an antidote and an opponent to thinking that it's a snake or mistakenly thinking that it's a snake. Um, likewise, um, uh, if you analyze these things and you know uh, what uh, is and what isn't, um, then you're able to um, act non-mistakenly. Um, just like when you know that the rope is a rope, then you can non-mistakenly um, believe that it's not a snake and know that it's a rope because you know what it is. Like if you know your vows um, then, and you know what they are, uh, then there is not, there is not a mistake. Um, so... Friends, <laughs> So now uh, it speaks of the opponent for the afflictions, or the remedy for the afflictions. As a remedy for various afflictions, examine your mind and energetically apply the remedies for whatever uh, afflictions predominate. Um, so when one is dealing with uh, afflictions, you deal with the, the biggest ones first, or the, the worst ones first, um, the largest, the most dominant afflictions. Uh, so if there is an antidote or an opponent that the Buddha has set forth for all of the afflictions. So, for instance, if we look at the three poisons, uh, if one um, has a more a bigger problem with, or one has a, a predominance uh, in, in terms of attachment, so if one has a bigger problem with attachment, then meditation upon, um, it's translated a lot of different ways, medupa, um, ugliness, uh, could, could be dirtiness, impurity, um, so this then serves as an opponent to attachment. Um, the, as an opponent to um, anger or hatred, one meditates uh, upon love. So by meditating upon love, familiarizing oneself with love, one can get rid of hatred or aversion. Um, and then if one needs to abandon ignorance or as predominance of ignorance in one's mind or worse problem with ignorance um, then meditation upon dependent origination serves as the opponent to that um, so all of the afflictions have opponents and one should apply remedies uh, toward to the afflictions that predominate or that are the worst first what this way what the so uh, that completes the first category of Jayan Sheba's um, outline and it 
it deals with uh, the four causes of an infraction, not knowing the precept, carelessness, disrespect, and various afflictions. Mingo. 
So, number. Afflictions predominate. Okay, so that section again is the first category of the outline of Jayan Sheva. Now we get into the second category. Those who fail to make an effort in this way, who follow the rules in a lax fashion, thinking that even though they have transgressed, it is merely a small fault, will gain only suffering. For as the um, exegesis uh, of the discipline says, those who take lightly and slightly transgress the teaching of the compassionate teacher, thereby come under the power of suffering, just as one who cuts a grove of small bamboo and spoils a, gro a whole grove of mango here, those who transgress the king's pronouncements would not be punished for a few such transgressions. But uh, they transgression properly the edicts of the sage. They would become animals, as did the Naga Elipatra. Rimache, the the Yanjer, the Ishin, the Dondagare, the Shin, the Am, the Dondagare. The long, the Nangla, the Am, the Sheen, that's good. The Sheen too. Dan Sheen, the long. Long Nam, Okay. 
What did Kol Nunu Wujrut? Aha. Okay. All right. Uncle. Okay, so now we get in uh, uh, to the actual quote uh, from the exegesis of discipline and the meaning. So those who take lightly and slightly transgress the teaching of the compassionate teacher. So here, uh, as we said before, um, Buddha um, almost gave uh, us laws uh, that we follow, um, laws that we need to abide by. Um, so the, the laws are, are what we are, should not lightly uh, and slightly transgress. I mean, I'm slightly transgress. Uh, so what that means is what it says above here is that uh, we shouldn't think that it's merely a small fault. We shouldn't think that, uh, oh, we've only done something very small. Uh, it's really no big deal. Um, uh, it only slightly transgresses the law of, of Lord Buddha. So the compassionate teacher here is, is, talk, is referring to Shakyamuni Buddha in this case. Um, so it's saying, uh, those people who think that just a, um, engaging in a little bit of the behavior that Lord Shakyamuni said not to, um, thereby come under the power of suffering. So the result of this behavior, uh, even though seemingly small, is suffering. Um, and then it says, just as one who cuts a grove of small bamboo and spoils a whole mango, grove of mango, um, here those who transgress the king's pronouncements would not be punished for a few such transgressions. So I asked Rinpoche, maybe... Well, I'll understand it later. Um, he's saying that it reads clear what it means, but I just, I don't understand. Just as one who cuts a small, a grove of small bamboo and spoils a whole grove of mango. I, I don't know. Here, those who transgress the king's pronouncements would not uh, be punished for uh, a few such transgressions. But were they uh, to transgress improperly the edicts of the sage, they would become animals, as did the Naga uh, Elipatra. Um, so it's saying that uh, um, there's the story of the Naga Elipatra. And, and what this story is, is that uh, there was a meditator um, who, every time he would get up from his meditation cell, would hit his head on a tree that was growing there. And it kept happening over and over again. Um, and he knew that the Buddha's law was that he didn't cut down trees. Uh, so one day he became very angry and said, I, I just don't care. I'm going to cut this tree down because it's nonsensical to keep having it hit me in the head. So he cut the tree down. And the result of this tr um, transgression was that he was born as a Naga with a tree growing out of his head. Um, so this is the story of Elipatra. Um, and it shows how just a small non-virtue, um, those are, as a note, a secondary vows, as a small non-virtue, um, that small non-virtue led to an entire rebirth as a being with a tree growing out of its head. Um, so it's just showing the, the kind of uh, weight of our misdeeds and their consequences. Um, uh, so that's the story of the Naga Elipatra. Um, um, and, uh, you know, it looks like it reads that some, it's against the law to cut this, uh, a, a small grove of bamboo, and then um, you wouldn't necessarily 
It says, here, those who transgress the king's pronouncements would not be punished for a few such transgressions. So, uh, basically, it's saying that even though you've broken, the, when you break the law in a very, very small way, you might not be punished. But if you break the Dharma law in a very small way, then the punishment will be very severe. Uh, so that's what it means, um, and that's what Rinpoche summarized it as meaning. Um, so uh, that's what it means, and that's the story of Elipatra. It was born as an animal, specifically a naga. Okay. That's one but. Sumba <laughs> Chetasumba Chen Sudan
Okay, uh, now we get into section number three. Moreover, as the Buddha decreed in the Sutra on having pure ethical uh, discipline, uh, hold on. Uh, it's, it's at the top, I'm sorry. Therefore, number three starts here. Therefore, strive not to be polluted by faults and infractions. However, if you should become polluted by these, do not heedlessly ignore such sins and infractions, but strive to redress them in accordance with the Buddhist teachings. As the sutra requested by Brahma says, rely upon the trainings, undertake them earnestly from heart, do not give them up later, or break them even to save your life. Always maintain them diligently and engage in the discipline. Uh, moreover, as the Buddha decreed in the sutra on having ethical discipline, using reasons you should keep your ethical discipline even at the risk of your life. O oh, monks, to lose your life and die is excellent, but to ruin and lose your ethical discipline is not. Why? Losing your life and dying expends only... It's excellent. I gotta look at that. Uh, expends only the lifespan of this rebirth. But if you ruin and lose your ethical discipline, you will experience a great downfall, separating from your lineage, lineage and giving up happiness over uh, 10 million lifetimes. Give me one, one moment. I'm sorry. Uh, something. To lose your life and die is excellent. The the Gelong dasotang deshing shiwa. Laiis. Then the injike ngatsu shina shira yabudu. Shina wotere sudon tere shiwa ne. Tujin sune sudon tere shiwa ne yabudu. Ale. Tujin yuna. Tujin sune sudon tere shiwa yina yabudu. Ya. Ale. Shina yine tujin yuna. Okay, okay. So here, this is supposed to read that if you lose your life and are, have ethical discipline, then it is excellent. That's what it, the meaning of that line is. Um, not dying is excellent. It's saying that if you have this ethical discipline uh, and you were to die, um, this is excellent um, because what comes next won't happen. It says... Um, why? Losing your life and dying expends only this lifespan of this rebirth. But if you lose your ethical discipline, um, you will experience a great downfall, separating from your lineage and giving up happiness over 10 million lifetimes. So that won't happen if you die with ethical discipline. If you die without it, the consequences are, are very severe. Um, you're giving up happiness for 10 million lifetimes. You're giving up your lineage, your... Um, uh, ability to um, keep your spiritual continuum intact, and that, and the word lineage here is referring to your spiritual continuum of teachers, teachers. Te it breaks that and makes it so you no longer have that, and, and have to have a new later. Uh, so, 
Um, that's the, the meaning of that. Um, uh, you should think, if this need to keep my ethical discipline at all costs were not the case, then shaving um, off my hair and donning monastic robes uh, was pointless. And then it, uh, going back up, I just forgot the, like two things. It's, it's our, then the ting, then a tingenzi, uh, 272. I'm trying to go back and forth here. I apologize. Tingenzi di jewa, jewa le. Then chuloma song e tsampa. The tingenzi gi jewa le. Tingenzi jewa le shizindue. Um, so just going back up to the sutra requested by Brahma, it says rely upon the trainings. This is the highest higher trainings that one should undertake, not give up, um, not break them, even if it cost one's life. Um, so always maintain them. Um, so I just, I don't know if I did or not, I'm sorry. Uh, but if I didn't, <laughs> those are the couple of points Rinpoche made about that. Okay, okay, Deekson. Deekson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Joe Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Rimbache, the the jipa samba, samba the samba, the samba the kanga. Okay, the shupi do dang tingin the dang the kanga samba. Okay, kanga me pichik. 
Okay, so all of these are still number three in the cat giant Shabas uh, category. Um, you should think, if this need to keep my ethical discipline at all costs were not the case, then shaving off my hair and donning monastic robes was pointless. For as the King of Concentration Sutras uh, says, the Tingenzi the Lei Lung Lapsuen. Tingenzi Jabu Lei 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 Tingenzi ジャブレ、ジャブレ、ジャブレ、ジャブレ、ジャブレ、ジャブレ、ジャブレ、ジャブレ、ジャブレ、ジャブレ、ジャブレ、ジャブレ、ジャブレ、ジャブレ、ジ
Okay, so uh, even though this section is, uh, the quotes are quote, um, addressing, excuse me, the community, it's the same for everyone, Rimache said. Okay? Concluding mandala offering dedication prayer. Fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this is a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Ozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. Whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avalokiteshvara, Tenzin Jatso, may you stay until samsara's end. Pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance, 